What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast, Show Me the Money 10 edition. I'm Daniel. Daytona. Today, we will be covering episode 8 and 9. As usual, please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms. Also, for more contents, please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy. And also, please support our page on Patreon at patreon.com slash soul underscore therapy. The songs were just amazing. I mean, to me, it was amazing because there was a wide variety mm. of different styles and sounds that I really enjoyed. And yes. what was it? The way they um, formatted the, what was it? The the matchups, I thought it was really interesting. Like the death match, the, what was it? The death matchups yeah. and then the... Yeah, the that kind of home mm-hmm. system. Like, And uh, I, I just pretty much really... Um, enjoyed the performances especially soko domo you know merry-go-round which was just very unique and it really played off to that soko domo type character and um yeah we finally got a real type like hip-hop song with mud the student called icky or i would say yeah in english translation is moss and it featured Ick, Ick, Ick. yeah <laughs> and it featured bobby and yeah. uh song mino but Man, yeah. I'm sure everybody went crazy when Bobby came out. You know what I mean? That was like, yeah, that was such a comeback. Like, Bobby kind of disappeared off the face of the earth after like a whole, mm-hmm. you know, like getting like married because you know and stuff yeah. like that, and you know, over basically like K-pop fandom stupid shit. Like, anyway, um. It was nice of him to, like, come mm-hmm. out, I guess. Um, like, what do you call it? Uh, it's been a long time. For period. real. And Bobby always did better on some louder, noisier mm-hmm. beats, in my opinion. Like, it matches his persona well. So, I think it was a very thoughtful feature. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Mud, of course, is fucking dude, amazing. Like, that. the dude can really yeah. fucking rap. Yeah, and especially um, we're talking about like the third episode first, mm, right? The quarterfinals. Um, yeah, the quarterfinals here. Granted, like looking at what other people mm-hmm. were doing, this was such a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm I'll not go ahead and say like all of these songs are trash yeah. or something, but it was like I was coming to the point where I'm not sure if this is a hip hop competition kind of thing. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, um, like, the people who are rapping is kind of hard to see. It was hard to see, like, who was actually mm-hmm. rapping. Um, for example, like, P.O.'s Limousine song. Um, the song is great. I, I like the song, genuinely yeah, speaking. Yeah, it was good. But it was, it was basically a, a One Direction song or something. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. It <laughs> so wasn't, it was like, like, a straight hip-hop song. Yeah, it's, it's like... This this isn't exactly what I was looking mm-hmm. for. Um, Ganbu as well. Mm. Ganbu was actually like Kunta didn't kind of rap at all. The only person that kind of rapped on it was Ash Island. It was like a reggae song. Um, yeah. Um, and granted, I know like Kunta's based in reggae, mm-hmm. but this is a after all a yeah. rap competition. Like if that makes sense, like he should have just sang sang on the second round mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that. Like and. Uh, the basic song yeah. was basically kind of a little bit of alternative shoegazy stuff with rap on it, and I liked what he said on the mm-hmm. track. 
I don't even think like he pretty he rapped pretty well yeah. on it too, but like again, this isn't exactly like a hip hop song mm-hmm. either. It's not like a rock hip hop fusion. It was more like a rock song with verses True. in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this wasn't some Beastie Boys run DMC shit. That was just blatantly a person rapping on a My Bloody Valentine mm. beat. Yeah. <laughs> um this actually had some rapping on it, I mm-hmm. think. Which was weird because like Homino and Gray was supposed to be the team that is the most commercial. Mm. And up until this episode, we're talking about the la- uh, we're going to talk about the next episode later, but like up until this episode, like I think they had the songs that actually rapped more. <laughs> so it yeah. was like very confusing for me. Um because obviously like Mutt the Student was also in, you know, the Grey and Grey mm-hmm. team and he was the one who rapped his rapped his ass yeah. off. Um Toil with Boya Moya with Queen Wasabi. Alright. Um eh. I know like this kind of shit. No, actually I think the song was just uh, it's alright. But that Queen Wasabi feature was fucking horrible. I wasn't a fan of it. And no, you're the you're you're not a fan of it. I fucking hated it. <laughs> like if you like because if you look at the rhyme schemes, it's like the rhyme schemes were horrible yeah. too. Like she barely raps, like rhymes a fucking syllable on this. Like just because you accentuate every word at the end doesn't make it automatically seem like it's rhyming. Like even like like the I always kind of want to think Queen Wasabi as a Cardi B kind mm-hmm. of figure. And I really like mm-hmm. Cardi B. Because she's not the most lyrical rapper on the earth, but she has a ton of personality and she knows how to write a beat clean and makes Mm -hmm. great songs. Thing is, I think what Queen Wasabi is doing here is basically taking everything about Cardi B except the rapping skills. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it's like, granted, like Queen Wasabi was on a upward trajectory, Mm -hmm. but God, this feature was horrible. Like she barely rhymed the syllable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like each bar you need to at least like I, I talked about rhyming a lot about in this podcast, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's like you're you're barely rhyming. I'm not sure if I even I even should call this rhyming kind of thing. So it's like the it's more like um, felt like a narration rather than rapping from a like stripper gangster persona mm. she's making a slam poetry session about being a stripper which is really it felt weird like a narration it's like like a story just kind of it's like you know. yeah exactly like like it was really weird it was like a woman version of the last poets oh interesting <laughs> giving me a spoken word poetry about dancing on a pole or something it was like what is yeah. this like like the she ruined the song like beforehand the song was like "Eh, it's all right and then it's like oh no this is fucking horrible um reset by kokunst that was solid Um, i liked it Uh, that was solid um again kokunst kind of disappointed Mm. me i'm not saying the beat is bad but at this point the guy kind of is is basically devolved into a formula and i don't Mm. like that like the dude was one of the most forward-thinking producers in Korean mm-hmm. hip-hop. Like, he had a definitely, like, some sort of color to him, but he always knew how to kind of still give you a very various and interesting sounds put together. But I think he's just making, like, B-rated Mag Miller shit right now. Mm. 
Um, granted, what Sins and Taber did on the beat, I kind of liked it. Um, I think Taber was a center of controversy because, like, the there's a sentiment within the Korean hip hop community that um, this is like season eight, but with better songs. You know what I mean? Okay. So interesting. Yeah, but I mean, we're. Uh, we're going to get into this further. This is just talking until episode three anyway. Mm. For the first part of this conversation. Yeah. Um like that's just, that was a sentiment. Like um why so because the season eight songs were bad, just fucking horrible. Yeah. Which is why it didn't do great on the mm-hmm. charts. But it was like this season took the formula of season eight for the, you know, the actual song making rounds. And just did a better job of it was basically what a lot of the community mm. was saying. Um, Chameleon. Now, I like this song again. It, I do. I really uh-huh. do. Why is Don Mills on this? Mm. This isn't what Don Mills is good at. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he did an okay job on it, but no one goes to Don Mills to listen to this. Like, I, I don't get this pairing because... Um, uh zion t team was basically he wasn't like um one was sokodomo yeah. right uh and then was don mills and then it was cocky mm-hmm. right i didn't get this pairing like the merry-go-round is a good song yeah. again like it turned out fine but why is don mills being paired up with tab uh with cocky when i i obviously think sokodomo and cocky have a lot more in common with yeah. each other like, if you think about it, Sokodomo is the guy who can do pop shit and some hard yeah, shit, right? Facts. Like, he can do, like, stupid, like, out-of-the-world crazy stuff and make a little bit of a wavy Very unusual. kind of poppy yeah. banger, too. Yeah. That's that's the whole great thing about what being, like, like subjugated to... Not subjugated, but, like, what do you call it? Exposed to a lot of hyper-pop yeah. influence, right? You can make hard shit that kind of pops mm-hmm. as well. And so... Granted, I think like Sokodomo should have been paired with either Don Mills and Kaki. Mm, yeah. Not Don Mills and Kaki being paired together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, this pairing really didn't make any sense to me yeah. because Don Mills and Kaki's music Two really totally have different. nothing yeah. in common with each other. Yeah, like they literally have no common ground at all. <laughs> you look at the songs they make, there's Two no totally common ground different. except yeah. the fact that they're mm-hmm. rapping. Yeah, exactly. It's like pairing, I don't know, um it's like pairing Drake with uh Ghostface Killer or <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one. Like Yeah. I mean not even Drake. Drake actually like despite his songs kind of sucking these days, it's more like um Drake Drake knows how to be a multiplayer. Um and, and let's scrap that analogy actually. It's like it's like pairing ah it's like pairing Q-tip with Chief Keef or something. Oh, like it, it doesn't make sense at yeah, all. Yeah, I you hear know what, what I mean? you're saying. Like it's it's stupid. Like and I a Zion T team as much as I like their music individually, up until episode three, like they really puzzled me. Mm-hmm. Like what what are they exactly trying to do here? Yeah. Kind of thing. And uh, we already talked about Gumball. We talked about Limousine. Um, we talked about basic. I think I talked about every song. I think. Well, I actually song. like uh, the Chogangye Thorns, featuring uh, Kekko and Justice. That I thought that was a. Uh, I just thought um, maybe he could have saved it for later, but I mean, 
there were so many more beats up Kokun's sleeves, so I wasn't even worried about that. Mm. But yeah, it's, to me, the Chameleon song, Debo, dude. Oh, oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. Not fucking with Debo, yeah. It's, I don't know. Like, he just, like, the song is going well, and mm. then he just comes onto the track, and it just dilutes the track. Not dilute. It's more like dilute means you have to water it down right yeah like he just he like like just ruins it to me just yeah it's not diluting it it's ruining it <laughs> like um like I, I think Debo came out because of the Don Mills connection uh, I mean I guess like Don Mills and Debo really fuck with each other you know yeah, I guess like they even have a joint album together you yeah. know what I mean like I, I view Debo as a kind of a very postmodern take on trap music the guy usually to me like the guy is like one of the most not exactly consistent because he has shit albums and great albums and shit songs and great songs kind of guy the guy is basically our young thug without the like impact Uh i guess but it just didn't make any sense in that song like it's a confusing song very confusing like Debo talks about like Females gushing all over because he's so good with fucking a pussy or Ugh. something. That's literally subject Jeez. matter all of the time. It's like well, that's Debo for you. Like, like look at the dude's album covers. Yeah. You know, Sticky Wire yeah. album. Yeah, it's like, what is this guy doing on this beat? Like, it's not even like a seductive song, no. right? It's like I don't know. It's like you know, like when Young Thug was a big pop feature it was like on a Camille Cabello song mm-hmm. right like that was still pop but it had a very seductive seductive kind of tone to it so Young Thug makes sense on yeah. it right yeah because like Young Thug's that kind of guy the hedonistic you know kind of guy and Debo has the same exact personality almost in a sense so it's like this was like hearing Young Thug on a kids bop song or oh something oh my goodness wow <laughs> what a what an example it was like, wow like exactly like this is this is so weird like it's about a song about chameleons and it's like chameleons like and there's only young pops up and talking about banging chameleon pussy oh or my something goodness, bro don't get me started <laughs> i was like what don't is get me this started. what is this this is so fucked up kind of thing granted like i don't think his lyrics were that out of the place because obviously this is a show me the money song and they didn't want an explicit content sticker yeah. on it as a person who knows Debo's persona, it was like, what? This was really weird. Yeah. Um, like, granted, like the chameleon song is not like the most parentally safe kind of song. I it's think like in the middle because it's still about you know lust yeah. in a sense, but it still doesn't sound like mm-hmm. it. You know, it, it's a very clean kind of cute song, and it's like. No matter what you say, like banging chicks like back and forth every all the time, no matter how you're going to oh deliver it, it doesn't sound cute. Jeez. <laughs> it doesn't sound cute. And it's like, what is this kind exactly. of thing? So it was really weird. Like Zion T and the team Kizla really made me like, what are they doing kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. So as you know, the results were shown, you know, Sokodoma advance, Sins and Chogwangyet advance, mm. Basic and Kunta advance, and Mud the Student, Ann and Delight, and Bio advance to the semifinals. So 
moving on to the semifinals, this was a lot better. I mean, come on. I, I this yeah. was a, like you said, a breath of fresh air. They actually ran. Yes. You know what I mean? My point. Yeah. Um I think to start against Sokodomo, oh my goodness. That wow. That <laughs> Keiko said it. He's like, this is like a Detroit sound. And it, it really did sound yeah, like a Detroit um, style sound. They're like the bass line Whoa, and stuff crazy. like that. It really had some Dilla yeah. vibes. It was like Dilla and Neptune put together kind of. Yeah, they have black milk shit too, of course. Like um it had a bit of glitchy synths mm-hmm. on it, but the funk behind like beneath all of it was so infectious. It was so crisply mixed as yeah. well. Like every instrument kind of blends together well but stands out at the no same doubt. time. Like yeah. that's my favorite kind of especially like you don't see a lot of that in hip hop songs because hip hop songs are more about being grimy or being like it's either being super clean or being super dirty, yeah. right? So usually when it comes to engineering, like this kind of detailed production, detailed engineering comes from like like funk right. records or rock records usually. And and a lot of the times great jazz records. So it's like it, it felt like a very well put well together like new jazz band mm-hmm. kind of although it's still programmed like and that's what i like a lot of the sloan production is it feels so visceral and alive and this was exactly, exactly. that like it's layered so well even like the synth intro is like when I'm, when i like that when that synth intro comes in it's like yeah. damn this is some this Back is to some, the early like, 2000s bro <laughs> Yeah, the, this is some NERD yeah. shit, like you know, and I and I'm a big fan of Pharrell's yeah. music, so it's like wow, like especially when Pharrell gets a bit wonky, mm. shit, not his solo records, but his like NERD records and like Neptune's production and stuff like that, and it's like damn, this is such, this is a very Neptune style intro, and when that bass and that 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 crispy drum comes in, it's like damn, this reminds me a lot of Dilla, exactly, you know? like the Welcome to Detroit exactly. era Dilla, and it's like. This is so good. Like, almost to the point where I kind of felt bad that this is being used for Show Me the Money. Mm. <laughs> because, like, this kind of beat really makes a statement. Like, an artistic statement, you know? Like, this should have. This is some studio album material it really is, right yeah. here. And, yeah. And it's, it's kind of a shame and a good thing at the same mm-hmm. time. Because um, it's obviously going to be. Uh, like looked in a more commercial lens. Yeah. Yeah. I can see but that. at the same time, this kind of great song needs to do better on the charts. So yeah, that's like, the thing. Um yeah, and th- but this kind of like um thinking process is a good process, you know. The very thing the very thing that I'm even thinking this means the beat is so good. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, so it's like um the the, the everything they did on the beat makes so much sense too. Like um uh, Sokodomo did his thing, obviously. Yeah. Like, how oh, you know what? Let me talk about this, like, uh, the beat a little bit more. Um, there's the synth that comes yes, around sir. in during the middle part, and that that's a bit G funk mm-hmm. inspired as well, or some more, uh, more like P funk, more like Parliament shit. And it's like, fuck, everything about this beat is so good, and like that P funk is obviously a more West Coast kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. If you look at Sokodomo's studio records, there's obviously a lot of West Coast influence a lot of the yeah. times. 
you know, he plays with that G-Funk sound a bit too. Like he dabbles in that as well. So it's like, that makes sense. And Sokodomo did a great job of like accentuating how it needs to be about the more laid back kind of, you know, that kind of um, groovy kind of flow rather than just chopping it up like crazy. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you're supposed to do on the beat. And that went out well. Um, Palo Alto's verse was so smooth and layered as well. No comments um, on that, bro. Other than master, ma oh, you didn't like Paulo's no, verse. It's a master class. Oh yeah, like Paulo at this point. Um, granted, uh, Paulo kind of disappointed me a lot of the times. Not because it was mm -hmm. bad, but because um, like his hooks, I think it almost came down to formula. Mm -hmm. Like it felt very formulaic these days. Like his hook output and stuff. But great thing is he didn't do the hook on here. He just did yeah. a verse, and. As a rapper, not like a record maker, but a rapper, like when it comes to verses, he's he's a masterclass, like I just said. No like, doubt. The rhyming was there and the whole like common homage mm. with the, the song title being B and so jazzy and stuff. I like it that. was like, I like yeah, that this word does play. sound. Yeah, this, this, yeah, that common homage was great too. Um, it was just, just great, I guess. And Lil Boy, obviously, <laughs> having worked with Sloan numerous yeah. times. He always knew how to write the beat. Like he didn't do it super choppy as well. But and the rappers really um made very intricate rhyming, but not in your face kind yeah. of thing. So it was like, yeah, this is exactly what you're supposed to do on that beat. And they all delivered their in their own way. So it was great. Like that song is truly a fucking masterpiece. It really is, like, yeah. And it 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 isn't some like um boom bad novelty either. Like no. this is on all fronts. This is just great music. Period. You know what it's I mean? It's a genius, man. You got you bring in PJ yeah. as well too. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. PJ on the beat. Like PJ is granted like a huge fan of Dilla, so I no think doubt, yeah. I think that Dilla you can you can hear the you can hear it, the resonance on it. So yeah, that that snare sound like yeah. Because, like, Dylan's drum sounds are fucking amazing. Exactly. And, and the way he, like, arranged the bass as well. It's like, yeah, this is this is Dylan Man. all the way. And PJ is a huge fan oh, of yeah, Dylan. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where the Dylan influence came in from. Um, Sloam and Zion T, I think, had some Pharrell influences on it. Like, and all in all, just, it came, it came together perfectly. Yeah. Like, I, I would have believed if, like, I would have believed it if, like, I don't know, Pharrell and Hugo decided to flip a Dilla beat and it came out like this. I would have believed yeah. it. Like, yeah, it was that great. This was fucking amazing. Um, we're talking about one song. Man, too much again. Uh, I just <laughs> want to give a quick shout out to um, yeah. you know, show me the money for uh, bringing in uh, Agmu musician and uh, Chongin. Ah, uh, Agmu, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. love the the really different take that uh gray went for but the student it was very uh playful just uh you know it, it it really showed mud's true colors and i really i really dug it i think granted i like mud's like more abrasive stuff mm, I, I can see that because yeah like that's what mud made his name off of like having a really strong punk influence in his music but this was like Mud said himself, like he wants to make something more accessible, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit less difficult. And I think it, it paid really off. Really did. Um, I yeah, I, I liked Chanyok's verse mm. a lot. Um, like I liked what he was talking mm -hmm. about, although it was kind of weird because it was like saying like "Show me the money" is problematic oh. and stuff like that. 
I mean, he's right, but he's kind of out of place yeah. kind of thing. Like, <laughs> you're not a rapper, why are you saying this? But what he's saying is ultimately, I think, I think it is a very potent message, like about how like um, philosophical kind of taste should take precedence over like nihilism and materialism mm-hmm. was a very good commentary. Yeah. It was just, uh, why are you saying this kind mm-hmm. of thing? Like, but it was still great. Um, and it was, and that whole stage had a little bit of like a very cheeky kind of satire on Zion yeah. presence. Yeah. It really felt Zion it had some wit and it had some edge edginess to it too. So. Yeah. 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 That too. Um, that was great. Um, the other half, uh, May. The Qu- other May Kunta's performance was, man, that was a real first rap performance yeah. that I've seen. It was basically what he did on the second round of the yeah. competition, but more fleshed mm-hmm. out, I guess. Um, it had a very uh, alternative it sound did, to yeah. it, and it was like alternative backdrop, rock kind of backdrop, but a very soul type of approach. And that's to why it. you bring in Chungin. Which is like yeah, wow. like she killed it. She fucking killed Dude. it on the vocals. Like Chongin has been for has been around this scene for such a long time. She helped facil- like facilitated the hip hop culture in Korea a lot. Yeah, like she can you can find her in records that are from like yeah. two thousand six and stuff like that. Back in the Hades of the movement crew and stuff like that, when Tiger JK was actually kind of a big name yeah. and stuff like that, you know. Um, you can find her on Lee Sung, Lee Sung yes, Records, sir. Dynamic Duo Records, TBNY wow. Records, I think. I'm not sure if she's on it. But, like, you know, like, that Eesh. era? Epic High, too. Like, the like, real old school era. Like, the, like the 2000s, yeah. like, mid-2000s kind of era. To me, like, um, uh, to give you people a little bit of context, like, 2000s is basically our 90s. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, like... Yeah, the 2000s in Korean hip-hop music is basically, like, 90s when it comes to, like, American mm-hmm. hip-hop music. So, you you see what I mean here. Like, she was basically, like, our um, Mary J. Blige, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Kind of thing. I think that would... Like, granted, she doesn't have the status of Mary J. No, Blige. Yeah, of course. Or the body of but work. But you can feel that but soul. It's like, similar kind of positioning, mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, um, she obviously killed it. She played off very well with Kunta. Um... Granted, now I want to see some real reggae shit from Kunta for the last. Man, you know, imagine it brings out rude paper. Last. Imagine. Yeah, like that kind of thing, you know. I think I think it would be a great idea to pull off Skull Dude, or something. That'd be crazy. In the finals. Yeah, um, wow. That kind of thing I want to yeah. see. Like real like super reggae shit. This he was like always doing different genres mm-hmm. because on the second round, he was doing more of a East Coast type of thing. Yeah. Then he had to, um, he had to rap on a kind of trap, like contemporary trap for the group yeah. mission. And this time he's rapping on a more alternative kind of vibe, yeah. right? So this means that he never did actual roots reggae on this competition. Not yet. Who knows? We might get it. And that's where he excels exactly. at. So I want I, I want to see that kind of before the competition as I want to see that. Um Chogongin was good too. And then Water Bomb. That was yeah, sick. I liked it way better than Gaji. Yeah, no, because, yeah. Same here, dude. No doubt. Um first of all, that beat. Oof. Uh 
this this was the cold coast I missed. Oh yeah. Like cold coast like I I only like Kokun stuff until his third studio Bubba's album. Mansion. Yeah, um, I think, and my favorite is the second one, the Crumple album. And okay. Because Kokun's Beast to me has a very special place in my heart, especially the Crumple album. Um, that kind of like melancholiness and the rugged kind of vibe to it, especially the yeah. drums and stuff like that. It, like that dustiness really sold me on him. Like nobody in hip hop was making that vibe. But then, um, as he like got into AUMG and became like he he began to kind of like lighten up his music. Yeah, he did yeah. Which is not a bad thing at all. Like you can't do it's one style forever. Yeah. But yeah, but he only switched it up once. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He switched up that once and kept riding with that. And that was when I think when I was thinking like, man, he's just it's not that these beats are bad or anything, but it's like it was kind of becoming formulaic. This is a little bit mannerism. Mm. And it's like at that point, I became a lot of the times it was very disappointing because every time I see a pro product produced by Cole Kunst in the title, I know exactly where I'm going to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, but then he came out with this. Which was it's insane, yeah. This is what made me fall in uh, love with Kokunst, you know, like that raw, dusty ass drums. It's pretty grimy too. The blues yeah. guitar backdrop. It was like this is everything about Crumple that I liked. This is everything about Muggles Mansion, like novel and like the first three studio albums, like. This was exactly what I was looking for, and I got yeah, this it. This beat know? reminded me in the middle between the Crumples and uh, Muggles Mansion combined together. Yeah, that was sick. It was like the song structures of Muggles yeah. Mansion and the textures of the uh-huh. second album, Crumple. It was like that middle spot right there, and it's like this. I this was what I was expecting from Cole Kunst a lot at the times, and he makes immaculate Bombay production. Like this is very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Cho Guang Yil did a great job on it. Dude, um, did an amazing it, yeah. job on it. And yeah, besides Noxal and Cole Kunst, like they go back way back. Like Cole Kunst's best songs are often the ones with yeah. Noxal featured on them. Like the uh, the organ yeah, oh, song. Don't even start me with that one. Like that is one that is the quintessential Cole Kunst classic. If you didn't hear it before, there's a song called yeah, Organ that, that features Noxal on it. Yeah. Just, just, just write his entire discography, and then there's a, a lot of the songs he did with Noxon, the second album too, which dominated my first college years, because like the way what the the whole like Koku's really identified with what I feel about Soul City. You know what I mean? Like, dude provided the soundtrack to Soul City, yeah. in my opinion, a lot of the times, and I was kind of missing that Koku's. Like being inspiration on everything is great, but being realistic is a very potent quality of music as well, yeah. you know. And I finally got that. So yeah, props to Kokos for finally doing something that I have been missing for like how many years? I don't know. Yeah. Um, another song that I liked, Oh Wait, Basic. Mm. Yeah, finally, finally. Don't sing again, basic <laughs> ever. <laughs> Don't do that shit. You're not a good singer. Um, 
One thing I have a problem is Yamta sang the hook on the competition. Uh, I'm okay right? with it. No, no, I like oh, that okay. one better. Is what I'm saying. Like on the streaming services, Basic does the oh. hook, and Yamta is only featured because of the like the back end and the front end narration. Oh. And I actually wanted Yamta to do like the woo yeah. kind of thing, <laughs> and some of the hook too, because I think he fit better, but. Basic killed that shit. Like the beat was Reminded great too. Me of his like, old days. Some the spectral, like it was some Chicago drill oh, yeah. shit, and yeah, he killed that. Like he murdered that beat. Um, Punchinello's feature, I liked it. He's always good. I, and yeah, um, and he he he's a very capable oh, rapper. No doubt, yeah. I like him when he's actually rapping uh-huh. like this. Yeah, and well, there's some other songs. Uh, FaceTime. Yeah, that was good too. It yeah. was good. Um. Yeah, that whole flip on the original yeah. song. It's like a yeah, sequel. Flipping that up. Yeah, that was a great idea. And they all rapped on it. Yeah. Kokoon's, it was a stereotypical Kokoon's yeah. beat, but what the rappers did on the beat really made it. The made end it, product like, worked. Made the song. Yeah, um, Hoju, obviously, we talked yeah. about it. The hooked on it was. Hey, really and in Delight was pretty good too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he, he made sense. Like, um,. There's a very storytelling vibe to the whole yeah. song. The hook was kind mm-hmm. of popping. Uh, but this... but I have a problem with the songs Grey produced, actually. Okay, for this round. Because, yeah, it's mixed horribly. Mm. I, I don't know why, but... Like, compared to songs like B, it's mixed really bad. Like... There's some string sections, I think, here, and I didn't even realize they were string sections because it was so poorly mixed, and I don't get it. Like, why is... Um, I'm not saying the songs are bad yeah, at course. all. Because I actually liked what the rappers did on it, and the hook pop, the beat was great, but it's mixed really weirdly on, on the streaming services. And I think it's I think it hurt a bit because if you look at the credits, like... Every song on this was mixed by someone else than the producer. Right. But the Grey songs are mixed by Grey and mastered by Grey. Oh, interesting. I didn't really see that. Which is very weird. Yeah, because he usually um, doesn't mix and, and master. Yeah, if I'm correct, he really doesn't do that no. these days. And I, this was bad mixing. Um, You have to re-upload this without our knowledge or something, but this was bad mixing like i it was so like for a beat that should be very bright and colored and detailed it was very muddy like oh, the instruments just blended together okay yeah so um which really puzzled me i i never had this problem with gray songs before but uh i maybe it's because gray is tired these days because all of the work yeah. he's putting in not great mixing um to the point where it kind of hurts the song. So, mix this shit again. Um, artists do this all the time, by the way. Um, they replace the songs without our knowledge. Yeah, they do that sometimes, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of the mixing. like And some subtle details that most of the time we don't even catch. So, do that. Um, please replace this or something. The mix the mix was bad. Um, I mean, overall... I th- but the songs yeah. were great. Um, I liked what PO did as well. MBTI, um, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Like MBTI is test. The, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, oh my god. Um, MBTI granted is better than like blood type 
yeah. stuff. You know, it has actually, it does have some semblance of a scientific background to it. It's just like, it's, it's everywhere and it's kind of annoying. It kind of annoys mm. me a little because every time I meet a new person, it's like, what's your MBTI? Yeah. Like, motherfucker, really? <laughs> That's the first thing you ask me? <laughs> um, so it was like, oh, first I looked at the title and I was like, I gotta listen to this shit again. And then, and it actually turns out it stood for something else, which is million, billion, trillion, yeah, trillion pretty cool. or something. Yeah. Like. yeah, it was like, huh. I don't mind this song at all. Um, so um, I was watching the program. Like, it, it had three stages when I was like, and when I was up to the build up wow. to Bo stage, it was like, first was ah oh, no, we're not gonna hear about MBTI here yeah. again. And then number two was when he said the million, billion, trillion, alien. It was like, huh, that's actually better because he's not doing yeah. the conventional thing, but it's gonna be about money and everything. And then number three was actually listening to the stage and, huh, this is not about blowing no, money fast. No, it wasn't. So it was like, yeah, so it was like, ah, oh, this is actually a good song. Um, Like the melody's catchy, the beat is all right. Um, the performance was, was great. Kugi yeah. and Loco. Um, it's still a shame that this one over B, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the whole, like, stan culture mm-hmm. of this like Pio got like three hundred million won on the roster before he even grabbed the mic or something. Damn. It was like, like actually hear the song for before actually voting yeah. for him. You know, I mean, like I know like all you people like him, but you know this is still a competition. Like you have to have some semblance of being fair, just smashing the button in just because he's gonna do it. It's kind of cringy, yeah. you know. It's like, eh, really, like. Bro, I almost um, that's kind of weird. I almost teared up when Sokodomo <laughs> lost. I was like, "What? Like, no." And granted, um, I think that Korea didn't have the two thousands. Yeah. Um, the American two thousands kind yeah. of thing, you know. We kind of skipped the era. It never happened for us. That kind of acoustic yeah. pop shit, you know. That we we never had it, and I think that was the problem like we basically went to like um folk music mm-hmm. a little bit of rock shit and then we just jumped like we hyperspace jumped into edm yeah we missed that whole commercial funk era it never happened in our it never happened yeah, that's yet. true the closest thing we had to doing that was michael jackson disco uh, yeah so it was like it's a very unfamiliar sound for the Korean masses, yeah. you know? So I was like, yeah. I mean, like, even Pharrell is not that huge. Oh, here. wow, interesting. We missed the funk. And that's <laughs> that's one of our biggest shames, I think. Not saying, like, Korean suck or yeah, anything. Of course, it's just yeah. a shame that we never had a taste of funk yeah. mainstream music. And I think that kind of factored in here. Like, of course, there are a lot of funk fans and stuff like that. Otherwise, K-hip-hop wouldn't right. be here at all. But it's still not that influential on the charts. Like The closest thing we had to funk in Korean domestic music was um, Park Jin-young and Deuce, maybe? Yeah, okay. JYP yeah. or Deuce. And even JYP kind of switched mm-hmm. lanes. And Deuce was... As much as as influential as they were, they were not as 
big as he'll take yeah. it at all. Like, it wasn't even like a Michael Jackson Prince dynamic. Mm-hmm. It was more of a Michael Jackson and someone smaller dynamic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I think that funk element really doesn't make it well in here. Yeah, I, I can I I can understand that. Yeah, um, the only big funk hit I remember was Daft Punk's Get Lucky. Mm, yeah. And that's basically, as much as that song slaps, that's kind of white boy funk. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like, eh, it never made big. Um, So I think that kind of factored into the B thing. Yeah. Because I would have picked B in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Me too, no doubt. And But B.O. has a very strong stand mm. base, which is commendable. For sure, no doubt, yeah. Counting star, <laughs> like, counting star, like that thing. Uh, throw people yeah, crazy it took, it's like it took ah, have me kind yeah. of thing like that those two bars became the biggest sensation in show me the money so it was like everyone is just like talking counting star and like stop yeah, like, I, hear you. I i like it but stop like why is everyone doing this kind of thing so it was like yeah i i think peel is going to be the winner here I mean, I'll show me the money. Know, we'll see. I think with the top four being since Bo, Chogangir, and Kunta, I think again, I think there's like a balance in power, and you, you just never know what Bio's can happen. Bo's unstoppable right now. I, I, like, you just don't know. I'm almost and so. It reminds me a lot of the army kind of thing. Yeah, I, 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 I can see where you're going. Uh, but to me, now my pick is uh, since. You know, she has the potential to be yeah. the first female to win the competition. It would be a great, it'd be yeah. amazing. And like, so that would mean so much. That would mean it, so it really much. would. Um, and I think, uh, like I said, I mentioned before so many times, since is becoming a a top MC. You know, and I know a lot of yeah. uh, she's just such a fucking. A lot great of labels rapper. are going after her i know vmc i think has the potential you know to sign her and i really hope they do because i think vmc would be a good label for her and so yeah like especially like the boiling yeah. point thing as well i mean granted like vmc doesn't have female members no but adding sense would definitely be a really good start yeah. and so yeah i mean all in all we're all excited for the the final round next week and hopefully um you know the excitement you know it goes even further through the roof so well that's all the time we have for today but please do comment and let us know who you think had the best performance and who you think will win as usual please subscribe to our podcast on all platforms and also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy thank you guys so much and see you guys next time peace peace